This is Sue Brooks, and you are listening to the Learn by Doing podcast. Welcome again this week. Today, I have with me Pastor Connie Kale. Hi, Connie. Hey. How are you? I am doing great. Good. I'm really excited to have you. You're one of my favorite people. Oh, and so sweet. I do mean it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor Connie is here on staff at Oaks Church, and you have had a couple roles here but your current role is pastor over powerhouse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I started out in kids ministry. I was associate pastor with pastor Joey, of course. And then just a couple of years ago, God began to stir something in me and kind of told me I was going to be moving. And fortunately I didn't have to move away, but I was able to move over into the powerhouse ministry. Yes. Yes, I'm so glad you didn't move away, but that you just moved over. <laughs> yes. You want to tell us what Powerhouse is for listeners who don't know what that is? Sure. It's a before and after school program that we do in life school. We have five locations. And what I love about it is we're able to share the word of God. We have chapels that are spirit led. and We do a lot of the same things as a daycare would, but we also get to lead kids to Jesus. Yes, I love that. And so life school, and the reason that you're with the Oaks, so you're employed by the Oaks, um, but then working as, as this ministry with life school, life school is a charter school. Right. So you get this really great access to these students who otherwise may not hear the gospel. Right. There's um, a lot of kids that do not even go to church, and we've seen them come bring their family to the Oaks because the kids you know, were getting something that they were sharing with families, and they wanted to hear more about it. Yes. Yes, I've heard some great, te- well, Salvations, just ministering with fears and, and kids. I remember hearing one time, I think Pastor was talking about on a Sunday morning, uh, a child who came in with some great fears, but there was able to be ministry there with, with life school and, and things like that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure we could get like really specific, but we don't <laughs> have to do that. But general, generally, that that's what that is. It's a really great ministry. I have a heart for children. I'm raising my own now, so I don't work <laughs> with them. I work with young adults, but still my heart is very, very inclined toward children and ministry. Right. And so I love that this is an extension of Oaks Church and its ministry and that you're leading it is such a neat thing because I know you personally and I know how you lead and how you interact with other people and that you can take that to a staff of people who are then turning right around and influencing children and then ultimately their families as well for for an eternal value. Oh, it's just so exciting. I'm just so glad. Yeah, well, we love it. And we get to work with a lot of the OSL students that come here and are looking for part-time jobs, um, SAGU students. And so it's really neat because our, you know, we believe in growing generations that are transforming communities. And so these students are actually doing that in a classroom. And so it's it's really fun to watch the process that God has put together. Yes. Yeah. So like you said, prior to this, but you were working in the kids ministry at the Oaks. That's actually when I met you Yes, was working in kids ministry. And let's see it. Yeah. I was helping on Sundays as a team. We call it team lead. Uh-huh. We're kind of um, overseeing an area of classrooms. And I remember coming in and, and you'd, you'd make it easy for me to come in because I was at the time homeschooling my kids, but you just really made it easy for me to, to come in and help Um, But then also I found myself being very much ministered to by you. So as a woman in ministry, I, I, you know this, but um, listeners, listen up. Um, (laughs) It is such a neat and glorious thing that you poured out to another woman in ministry. That is 
sometimes something that we really don't have the advantage of getting. Well, and that's my heart. I remember when I interviewed here at the Oaks, that was one of the questions they said, what is on your heart? And I said, I love watching people grow and develop into what God's called them. And I believe there's so many moms who sometimes don't see their self with the, the ministry in the way that God does. And so I love being able, I remember us having a group of, of moms that mm-hmm. came together and they were helping me on Sundays, but we would get together and do like a little Bible study and just talk about life in general. And I think through that time, we all grew, you yeah. know, and it's, it's just a great thing. I love seeing that happen. Yes. I think anytime you can minister to a mom, you, you really are ministering to the entire family, <laughs> yes. the children, you're helping the mom to be a little more sane. <laughs> you're helping uh, that marriage or whatever the situation is be a little better. And then with the kids. So yeah, that was a really, really great time. Well, because, you know, my experience in in ministry up to that point, there were some fantastic women, you know, back Uh back when we were pastoring. And that was just a unique time in my life. I was really young and didn't have many connections. But in my ministry role, but then also in my work in in the public sector, women were really mean. I mean, really, really mean. I don't hear men talk about it as much. I don't know if it just feels different or they just don't talk about it or comes out differently. But it can be it to me honestly it was debilitating it, it almost really just crushed me so to come um and work with a woman who actually cared about another woman was like so new to me so okay i can see you right now and i'm gonna cry no one else can see you but i feel like there's gonna be tears but um i i would like to talk to you today about just being that woman who instead of being catty because a lot women can be that i'm not gonna say all women, but honestly, like that's my experience. (laughs) It can be a little competitive, a little catty. Um, Here's the thing. Men deal with this too. It just comes out differently. Uh, You know, so the the pride, the fear that um, someone's going to see the other person versus you. So how is it that you, because really you're so loving. You've given your time, your resources, you've trusted people. I know it's not just me because I'm watching you (laughs) do this for other women. Can you talk a little bit about like, why are you like that, Connie? That's amazing. (laughs) Was it just God-given gift or? I guess, you know, if I can back up a little bit, I did not grow up in a Christian home. And so really, I remember after my girls were born and I just thought I'm missing something. There's something out there that I'm missing. And I began to take them to Mother's Day out, which then led me going to church. And later I gave my life to the Lord. But I, will, I remember specifically sitting in a hotel room because I was teaching character education at a public school that day and I was out of town and Joyce Myers came on the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the first time I'd heard her tell her story about how her dad had you know, abused her and all this, but then she came back around and forgave mm-hmm. him and loved him. And I get teary-eyed thinking about it because I remember standing in that hotel room just bawling. And I said, Lord, if I can experience that kind of love from you, I will do whatever you ask me to do. And from that moment, I know that that was the moment I got filled with the Holy Spirit right there in that hotel room. And my life changed forever. And I just, that was a, a love that I had never experienced before. And I knew from then on I wanted to share that same kind of love with others and just help see the good in people, you know, cause I thought if she can forgive her dad, mm, you know, yeah. like, man, what are we doing? Why yeah. are we not forgiven and loving like that? And so I think that was the, the turning point in my life 
but I just, God's just always put it in my heart to look at the good in others. And really, I think from then, um, giftings, I, he was, I was very blessed to be put in front of a lot of women that were spiritually mature. And I look back now and think, God, that was, a, that was a setup by him. Wow. And those women took time to pour into me and I never have forgotten that. And it just made me want to be more like them as well. I kind of want to go go to the Joyce Meyer thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anytime I just need a good, just readjustment, listen to Joyce Meyer. She'll tell you like it is, yeah. but also she's forgiven much, Yes. you know, and I feel like she has the authority to speak on these things because she has forgiven, right. been able to forgive so much. The fact that you ha- were surrounded by these women who were such a blessing to you and poured into you, and then now you're choosing to do the same. That's a special thing because oftentimes we can take our gifts and then just kind of hold on to them and hug them and keep them close and not do much with them except to be thankful and then that's it. So the fact that you received this gift of having these women strategically placed around you sounds like really not not maybe intentional on your part, but definitely on the Lord's part, putting these pieces together that you would turn around and want to do them for someone else's is amazing. Uh, yeah. Has it taken a little more effort than you thought it would or... You feeling a grace at for times. it at times. <laughs> yeah. I think we all go through that. But um, actually, when I look back at, at those women and some of the words that they have spoke to me, you know, and through me at the time, I was so immature in the Lord that they were prophesying over me and I didn't even understand it sometimes. Wow. But I think one of the words, in fact, it was so funny because God brought it back to me this morning. Uh, that was spoken several times was out of Proverbs 31, 14. And I remember sitting in the audience and the lady walking down and pointing at me and, and reading this over me. And she said, she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. And at the time I'm thinking, oh, this is the lady that's in her house and she's, you know, making food for her family and stuff. But what God showed me is that that food from afar is stuff that he's going to give me that I can give to others. And that just through the years, it just, I mean, it has stuck with me. And so I've always just carried that and known that this is a gift God has given me. It's his anointing. It's his people that he puts in front of me. And so I honor him by, by giving back and doing what he's called me to do. Yes. That's so good. Look, I'm going to be honest. When I read Proverbs 31 or think about it, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, she tried too hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like she's making everybody look bad, (laughs) getting the husband's expectation a little too high. But yeah, I'm being funny. No, I'm being serious. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that, that, that the Lord showed you, no, it's what he is giving you. Then you in turn. Wow. Yeah. That's so true. And I look back even this morning, I never thought about it, but in the very next verse, it says, she also rises while it is yet night. (laughs) And I thought that is me. (laughs) Lord, you have lived this out, uh, you know, through me, because there's many times that he wakes me in the middle of the night to pray for people or, you know, whatever's going on. I love hearing your stories about that. (laughs) And uh, so I think I told you, I started to get um, a little insecure at one time because I was thinking, God always wakes Connie up at like 3 a.m. and gives her a word and 
I love him and I know he's working through me and teaching me, but why isn't he waking me up? And then it occurred to me one day, he keeps me up. Yes, <laughs> like yes. I'm the one who's like late going to bed, you yeah. know, because I can't settle because there's something going on in my mind and he wakes you up. Yes. And, and that's kind of, I say that to be funny, but also I think it's, real it is i think that he has people around the clock yes. some he'll wake up early sometimes he'll have them go to bed and then some i'm sure people are hearing from him around noon yes you know, exactly and three o'clock and whatever <laughs> i think it is it's fascinating that you are so sensitive to the spirit of god and and you do hear from him and now it sounds like you were in an environment right from the start yes. um after coming in that can you, can you, I don't know if I've asked you about that. Like, what is that? <laughs> it, what a blessing. It really is. When I started out, I was in the Baptist church. That's where my girls went to Mother's Day out. And so this all was, you know, not spoken of or anything else. Like when you say all like prophecy, right. gifts, healing. Right. Nobody word talked of knowledge. about that. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I was just so drawn to my Bible and I remember setting, I would take the girls and I would just read for hours. And I thought, what is going on? But I know now that the Lord was just drawing my spirit closer and closer to his word. And from there we moved and we actually moved into a little town where there was a Lutheran church. And then you could drive 45 minutes to a spirit filled church. Mm -hmm. And so I would go on Sundays to the Lutheran church with my family, but I'd go on Wednesday nights to the spirit filled church Oh, I didn't know because that. I was being drawn, yeah. you yeah. know, and I did, just couldn't explain this to anyone else until finally, of course, a year later, you know, my whole family ended up coming over there, but it was just crazy how God, um, these women, small church invested, they totally invested in the younger women. Wow. And so that's where it all began really. Yeah. That's, I want to I want to ask you a question that I uh -huh. have not really thought to ask you before. I have often, when I think of people wanting to help people, for some reason, I'm very afraid of being manipulated mm -hmm. and being, um, oh, here's this young girl, let me take her in, you know, yeah. and then next thing you know, you're you're kind of being manipulated into something or maybe taught false belief. Do you do you have counsel for any young women who are wanting to seek mentorship or a good group of women? signs to look out for how they know what they're receiving is genuine yeah i remember when i first started mentoring people there was a young girl she had been on drugs and i knew god had put her in my life and i had mentored her but i also remember one morning waking up god said you need to let go of her and i mm. thought that can't be from the lord but i knew in my heart that it was time to cut the strings and so i called the pastor and he said if that's what God's telling you, you need to do it and you need to do it now. And as it turned out, that's exactly what was going on. She had started drifting away, but she was coming to me and not telling me the full story of what was going on. And yeah. as it turned out, unfortunately, she got arrested and some things happened. But again, I think that's where I learned to really be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because we're you know, he, he wants to give us everything that we desire and want, but he also wants to protect us from things that are not good. And so I learned from there on to really be sensitive to the spirit. And I'd always prayed for my girls to have good mentors and mm -hmm. he has blessed me abundantly in that area. And, but I've also told them you can have mentors, but you still need to go to God. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. 
I just love you. That's so good. <laughs> yes, because sometimes we put so much into people. Yes. And people are valuable. We need to have relationship. I, I'm probably one, uh, I'm probably the type of person that you need to tell me, make sure you're, you know, reaching out and talking to people. But at the same time, we have to have our focus on, on Jesus Christ and we right. have to hear from him. Yes. One thing I love when you talk is you hear from the Lord and you do what he says. You hear from the Lord and you do what he says. <laughs> even if it sounds strange, even if you might have a question about it, I like you, you asked the pastor and I love that you were serving under someone who said, Hey, if God's telling you, you have to do it. Right. Right. Oh, that it sounds too simple. It's such, it can be a very difficult thing to do. Right. right? It can. And I think, again, I was so young even back then, but learning how to come under someone's authority. And at that time, the pastor was teaching me, and I'm thankful that he was very good at, no, you are hearing from God. You need to do what, you know, and then uh, there'd be times I'd say, can you, you check on this? Because I'm not sure. Yeah. And he would always say, well, let's go to the word. Oh, Does it line yes. up with the word? So I've just, I was really blessed of all these people. God you were. In my path. And I think he'll do it for all of us if we're alert and we're hungry and we're willing to submit to what God's calling us to do. Yeah. I think when, especially when you talk about being in a spirit-filled environment, um, church leadership, when you talk about prophecy and things like this, sometimes it gets a bad rap because mm -hmm. there have been a lot of false type of things that take place. And so I, I think maybe for the listener wanting this, this type of mentorship and experience, one thing that you just said, which I, I think is a key instruction um, for people, is that your leader went to the word every time. Yes. We, uh, we're in a day where the infallibility and inspiration of the word is being questioned, and it's so sad, and we're seeing things fall apart, and, right. and people denounce their faith, but the word of God is his word. It is accurate. It's infallible. It will not fail us, and it's living. And we have to go to his word. And if you can't trust that fundamental truth right there, that, that the scripture is inspired, then you might, you're probably going to get yourself into some trouble. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too is, um, and I, I believe some of this just comes with maturity, but there's a lot of times when I'm wanting to do something, but I have to wait on the Lord. And he is so faithful. I'll get my little journal and I'm like, okay, I need to know whatever. And I write it down and I wait until I hear from him. Because once I hear from him, there's just a peace and a confirmation that comes to be able to move forward. But because of the society we live in, we want everything fast. I think a lot of times that's why we get ourselves in trouble because we're moving so fast and we get ahead of God sometimes. So it's very important to me that we do slow down and really listen to the spirit and he will give us the answers and then confirmation through his word. Wow. That um, Pastor Brian and I were talking about that in a, in a previous podcast where he was saying that a sign of a, a mature leader is that they can wait. When God gives you something, a lot of times when you're younger or just newer mm -hmm. in, in your faith. Um, but I, And you mentioned too, society. Society kind of is creating that too. You want to do it now. You want to do it now. Yes. And we talked about just like a pregnancy needs to come to full term in order for that baby to be healthy and safe, so does something that the Lord is telling. Right. So um, the idea of writing it down is is powerful. I've been trying to do that. It's taken <laughs> me a long time, but finally, I've been I've been looking at something that's been recurring uh, for a good year, and it's finally because I'm where I am now, where I was able last year to say, I don't, I'm not in a rush. I don't really want to be in a rush, right. as a matter of fact. And we'll just wait and see what this is. Yeah. Do you have any um, 
examples of something that you've you've held on to and just waited on and then watched oh. come to well, the path? I can say that with the transition from Oaks Kids to Powerhouse. I remember when the Lord spoke to me and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to leave the church. But the Lord gave me instructions. He said, I want you to tell Pastor Scott and uh, and not tell Pastor Joey yet, mm-hmm. and which was hard because we're very close and I really look up to him and honor him. Uh, but Pastor Scott said, well, let's just pray about it. So probably two months went by before the next step. And God said, okay, now you can tell Pastor Joey. So I had to go those two months just continuing to work and not say anything. And the minute I told Pastor Joey, it wasn't but probably four weeks later, the opening came for Powerhouse. Yes. That's (laughs) when the acceleration seems to come, right? Yes. When you've waited long enough, then boom, then you can go. And so it was really good, you know, because Pastor Scott even said, well, you know, you may be going to move, but I don't think it's from this church. I was like, thank you, Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) because I really didn't want to leave. But because of my husband's job, we have moved a couple of times and... I remember one time we moved and I did not move exactly with God's timing and it was a lot harder. There was some things that got in the way because we did not move with his timing. And I said, never again will I do that. I will stay in perfect timing with the Lord. So it's the best timing. Yes. It's hard to do sometimes. It is hard. Yeah. But it's Okay, perfect. so you've moved you've moved a few times. Yes. <laughs> a yeah. few times in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but ever since Mark and I have been married, he works with cattle, and uh, God will put him on a ranch where he goes in and he builds, rebuilds their herds and makes them better, and then he'll give me an assignment. And I remember the time that I drug my feet, and we got to that place, and I was just walking down the driveway thinking, Lord, I don't even know why we're here. This just doesn't make sense. I don't even know what my ministry is. And so loud and clear, he said, your ministry is wherever I put you. I've created Mm. you to be a kingdom builder, and that's where I'll plant you is where I need you. And from then on, I never asked another question. When he says move, we're ready to move. I just got this image of you walking with a blindfold on and just listening and then doing what he says, like, (laughs) just trust me, just move. Yeah, Yeah. because that's sometimes what it feels like. It is. Um, what is some advice that you have for recognizing when something's from the Lord and not? What would you tell people? I would say it goes back to just that confirmation. Asking the Lord, God, I want confirmation. I know for Mark and I being married couple, a lot of times I'll ask him, you know, what does he feel? And then sometimes he'll gives me confirmation because it comes right in alignment. And anytime we don't have that alignment, then I usually know that this is not time or we're not hearing from the Lord correctly. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. And so as a single person, you usually always have that friend that you can kind of lean on or ask for prayer. But again, I think if it doesn't line up with the word, mm-hmm. <laughs> then definitely it is not of the Lord. Yeah. And if some things are hard to check with the word, for example, like, do we move to this place or do we move to this place? That's where probably counsel and um, prayer. And how about fasting, prayer and fasting? That's what I was going to say. A lot of times that's what we lean towards is just fasting and waiting, you know, because sometimes we know that's probably where we're going, but it's just not been released. And I always tell people, it's not always just about you. Think about how many people might be involved that the Lord is trying to orchestrate and get put in the right place 
before he moves you into that place. And to me, that helps a lot of times with the waiting. That is good counsel. <laughs> that is so good. You're right. We get so caught up in ourselves and yes. and, and even our family, even though it, it might seem, and it is good to consider our, our children right. and our spouse, we get so caught up in our own family that sometimes we forget there's actually so, there might be an entire community yes. that the timing's just not right yet. Right. So yeah, um, just so you know, you might know, but you know, I grew up in the Assemblies of God Church. And I've heard about, you know, praying and fasting my whole life. And and I know I was taught, I'm not gonna say I wasn't taught, but somehow some things really didn't click. <laughs> yeah. And it and it wasn't until really in talking to you and I remember you you saying to me, maybe you should fast and pray about this. Right. Even if it's just a meal. You don't have to I'm the kind of person, I'm kind of an all or nothing person. Right. So if I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna forty day fast, you know? <laughs> uh, it's not really good. I mean, if yeah. to start off with, right? You know, right. I, build up to if it's not a habit and then you jump to 40 days maybe that's not great and I really learned that even just not even eating my breakfast or having uh my coffee at then when I was totally addicted to caffeine (laughs) not anymore but um even if I would just make sure that I read the bible and prayed and journaled or something prior to just doing that right oh my goodness it was a game changer (laughs) and I thought this is too simple right it has to be harder than this doesn't and it really it's not it's really not no I, yeah. and somebody asked me years ago like what is it what do you what's the reason for fasting and i said well one it tells us to do it in the word so yeah. that's good enough for me yeah. but but i said also think of it i said the only thing i can describe is think about when you're not filling yourself up with this and this and this you have just more room to allow the spirit of god to flow and i said that may not be the truth, but I said it has always helped me to realize, okay, the less that's in me, the more of him that's able to operate in me. And so having that quiet time and just knowing that I'm drawing closer to him is just, like you said, you start realizing there's something exciting about it. It's hard to get there sometimes. The enemy does not want you to do that. But I just always feel so much closer to God when I take time to fast with him. Yeah. Some, one of the things that motivate, this might be the wrong motivator, <laughs> but something I think about a lot is how, how devoted some other religions are to fasting yes. and prayer. And then we want to move in power and we want to hear from the Lord. And I want a word of knowledge and I want to see healing and I want to <laughs> see miracles, but I won't fast. Right. And, it, you know, or we as a cult, like we won't fast. And I think, man, these other religions are so devoted i mean and they do it a lot yes. and it's a long span of time and it's as community and uh, th- for me that part of me is like oh no i don't think so you know it's a little right. bit of a challenge like well, how much do i really care about my faith and my walk with the lord and watching him move if i can't be disciplined and what you the thing i love that you just said is well for one it's in the word I mean, like, do you need anything else? It's in the right. word. It's supposed to do when you fast. Yeah. When you fast and pray. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I'm always amazed that, you know, when they talk about the healing and things like that, and then they say, what well, this is something that we have to fast and pray about. And so even just hearing that, there's going to be times things are going to be really hard. And sometimes I think the harder the, the situation is or the thing that God's trying to do, the harder the enemy's going to come in and try to stop it. And to me, that's when I like just getting ready because I know the enemy's going to fight it. And so through fasting, through praying, and really buckling down and journaling everything God says, to me, that's what helps me move through it quicker. Yeah. What do you, What are some 
how do you journal? Do you write, handwrite it? Do you type it into your phone? Do you send yourself emails? I still like to handwrite. You do? Oh, <laughs> I know nice. a lot of people Endurance. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny because I, my girls are always saying, you have all those journals. You need to go back and write a book. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't even know. But I have went back and like the Lord will start speaking to me about something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think a year ago I had a dream on that. And so I keep my dreams and my daily scriptures or whatever the Lord's speaking. You know, just the other day I asked a question. And when I asked that, he said yes. And he gave me a um, scripture to go by. And I thought, okay, I'm going to hang on this through the end of the year. Because what I'd ask, you know, is going to have to do with that. But there's times when he reminds me of something I've already walked through. And I can go back and I'm like, oh, yes. Wow. I did that. It was so great. Why am I worried? So there's many times I go back and look in my journals of what something God's spoken. Do you title them or index them or how do you know? Do you just kind of read just through and my, get lost? In yeah, the... day by day. <laughs> now, I mean, I've got like some that I'll start, you know, at the beginning of the year. And then whenever that one I've wrote, sometimes I write a lot. Sometimes I just write, you know, good morning, Lord. Thank you for a good night's sleep and write down what scriptures I'm reading that morning. Sometimes I wake up and he's giving me a dream and I'll write for two or three pages. Mm -hmm. But I just go from day to day. And so that way I can always look back at whatever year or whatever time season it was. Okay. So you kind of know by year yeah. or whatever where you're going to look yeah. for that. Okay. I'm not that organized yeah. to do the index I'm, cards. I'm not either. I wish I well, was. <laughs> you know, I type myself an email or I'll uh -huh. type it in a document. And then because of the computer, I can just go search a keyword, like go. dream about, you know, something else and I'll look, but I wish I had the stamina to write. My uh -huh. hand hurts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and really in school, I mean, that's how we did things. We wrote papers writing right. and then it transitioned. And now I'm like, I don't have the stamina. Sometimes when I have been extensively writing, I'm like, uh -huh. I don't understand. My hands are cramping up. This is, <laughs> that's what it yes. is. So we each, so as long as we're getting these thoughts down. That's right. Um, then that's the, that's the important part. Right. How many years do you think you have? Gosh, years I'm sure. And years? Like this year's at, year? <laughs> yeah, at least 30, 30 something, if wow. not more. That's like a treasure. I know. Of, oh, wow. No, one of the girls are telling you, yeah. mom, write a book. I'd read that book, honey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read it. Uh -oh. Yeah. You know, sometimes we get in a place where we think, oh, what's going on? Nothing's happening. But then when you start reading some of the things, you then you're, to me, that's when I really get like, Lord, thank you. You know, I look back, I forgot I walked through that. I forgot somebody blessed me. I forgot all these things that he has done for me. And, mm -hmm. and so a lot of times I just like to go back through and be a reminder of how good he is. Yeah. It's insane how quickly we can forget the things that we've even told ourselves. Don't ever forget this moment. Right. Don't, and then you do. Yeah. So yeah, it's so important <laughs> to do that. So do you, you do your journaling in the morning? Then? I do. Yeah, that, yeah. Those early, early mornings. Those yeah. early mornings. I don't know why, but God has always woke me up. Usually if it's a dream, I'm usually awake by three o'clock and he'll, I'll start journaling the dream. Um, the past couple of years, um, God's really put on my heart to pray for the church and Pastor Scott and mm -hmm. different ones. And so a lot of times he wakes me up earlier than that oh. <laughs> and just to pray through something and then I can go back to sleep. But most of the time by 4.30, I'm awake 
And that's when my day starts. Wow. <laughs> no, that sounds early. I know. But, you but remember, you're used to it. It's your life, right? I was going to yeah. say, I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. So. Oh, yeah. So you're getting some sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Good bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And we each have our seasons and we each have a different that's part right. of the clock. Do you ever start to write down a dream and then as you're writing it, you forget it and you have to stop? Oh, yeah. You just stop and pray and God reminds you or sometimes and sometimes he just doesn't give me the rest. And uh, somebody asked me this the other day about dreams. Most of the time I can get the full dream, but I feel like sometimes I only remember parts because he's preparing me for something and I don't need to know all of it. But he is preparing me and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that I remember a piece of that throughout my day when I'm going on. I'll remember Mm -hmm. a piece of a dream and I think. I think God was just speaking to me while I was asleep, preparing my spirit for what he had that day. So it comes all different ways. Okay. So, okay, let's talk about, so regarding dreams. Okay. Some dreams are just, I think like I had one last night. I'm pretty sure it's because I was so exhausted, right? Just a weird, oh, and then the context of my day. I remember what it was. The context of my day kind of made it into my dream, Okay. right? But then every now and then we get these dreams that are clearly not our own mental processing, but they are just God seeing to us. How do you know if a dream's from God? Most of the time, it I can interpret it pretty quick. And that's how I usually know. Um, the other night, I'm not going to lie, I had the weirdest dream. And I knew it was not of God. But what was happening is there was... I really felt like there was witchcraft and um, seducing and things that were going on. And I woke myself up knowing I would, was being attacked. But in the dream, it, let, it started out like, oh, this is wonderful. And then it was like, no, this is not good. And so I got up and began to just pray and pray in the spirit. And later I found out there was something going on with someone and I really believe God had me up praying and warring against that. So those kind of dreams I can usually, sometimes I never know what they were for, but most of the time it's because something's going on that God's wanting me to pray against. But the, the dreams that I have that are for someone else, I usually know instantly that it's not for me, but it's for that person. And then I just give it to them and I release it. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is not trying to hold on and make something happen. If God's given a dream for someone else, I just feel like I'll say, here it is. You know, it has to be in alignment with your spirit. But I feel like the Lord wants me to give this to you. And I just hand it over. Does interpretation ever come with that? Or is that what you mean by hand it off? You don't know what it means. You just know you had a dream. Or is it a little bit just, a little just bit depend? Of yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He's just, you know, he does what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just up to us to be obedient. Because sometimes I have dreams for Pastor Scott. I don't always have the interpretation for him. But I know that I'm supposed to give it to him. Yeah. And then I have a peace because I've released it to him. I know that you've, you've had words. I don't know if dreams, but I know that there's things that you've had for me before where you haven't quite known, but the minute it comes out of your mouth, yes. I'm thinking, I know exactly what, wow, God yeah. must really love me because he's telling you and I'm glad he didn't tell you everything. <laughs> Sometimes it is really right. to protect the other person That's and, right. and the one receiving the dream or, or the word or whatever does doesn't need to know those things because yeah. maybe the other person wouldn't right. want. And he's kind of just looking out for, for all of us. Yeah. So, um, isn't that th- cool? That just shows his love. That's how much he loves us. And when we are surround ourselves with people we can trust, 
he will speak to us in those intimate ways to be able to help someone else and show them his love through us. Yes. And I, I think that's what I get excited about when earlier you asked why I like to do that. It's because it's his love that's flowing through us. Yes, it's the best. It it's is. the best love. It yeah. Is. Did you, um, when the girls were little, were you getting dreams like this? And if so, or as, or if, even if they were a little bit older, did you notice it in them or did you teach them how to hear God through dreams? No, the girls were in junior high before all this really like started developing in me. I look back and I think even though I didn't grow up in a church, I realize there's a lot of things that happened in my life that I know now were God that I didn't know at wow. the time. <laughs> but the girls, um, I do believe like once I learned some of the giftings that I had, then I started sharing with them and trying to help them find their own giftings and what those were. But one of a one of my daughters, Dusty, she has very vivid dreams. Very, mm -hmm. very. They're long and very vivid. And so I know God speaks to her a lot through dreams. Yeah, so that's something I try to do in, in my children. Some I don't think it's happened recently, but there was a season where they were having dreams. Yeah. And I remember trying to help them discern um, is this a nightmare because it's time to pray for something or is, is God telling you something that you can apply at school? Uh, cause it's hard for kids to, things are so vivid for children. Right. And sometimes, you know, like you said, so, you know, some dreams are not from the Lord. It's, it's an attack from the enemy. Right. I've had those. Yes. And, um, and having to learn that it's not from God, but that there's spiritual warfare going on and it is time to get up yes. and not be afraid, right. but just pray, uh, pray through it. Um, there was a season two. I think my children, one of them was really sensitive to yes. what was taking place and stuff in our marriage. Yeah. I think there was some argument and, and things like this. And, and one of them was, ha and they, there was no way they knew right. because we don't do that in front of the kids, but there's no way the kid knew, but had a dream and, and actually saw some manifestation of right. things too in the spirit realm, which is interesting for a kid because they also have really great imaginations yes but i think they're so much more open to that stuff too and and i knew it was real it was valid because of what had been going on with with me and brian right. and i thought oh and and actually I'll, I'll be honest with you with this is it made me understand as a mom and as a wife i better watch the way i'm talking to my husband the way i'm maybe not praying for him and not guarding my home because I think in that season, I was just super rebellious and just angry and bitter. And what I didn't know is spiritually, like physically, they're not seeing it. Yeah, yes. you open the door for that. I, it's so hard to help people understand this, but I've told my girls, you know, it's really important that they guard their house. And when I say that, I'm talking about what are they watching on TV? What are you, who are you allowing in your house? All those things, because kids are sensitive to the spirit. And even adults, some adults are more sensitive to the spirit than they realize. And it just doesn't take much to open those doors before the enemy has a stronghold and begins to do a work. And so knowing that you're praying over your home, you're guarding their hearts by what they watch in their eyes, by what they watch on TV and things like that are so important. But it's not just us as a mom, even the college students, you know, they're very mm -hmm. curious. They want to go to haunted houses, all of those things, but they're really opening the door for, you know, all kind of evil yeah. things. And yeah. it sounds crazy and scary, but again, I believe one of the things I've done through the years is guard my heart against those things, which allows the Holy Spirit to do more 
through my life. Mm -hmm. And when we open the door for all those other things, that to me, it's almost like a war going on inside of you, you know? And so uh, just being very cautious about those things because kids are sensitive, but guess what? We're all created to be that way. You know, you said it's, it might sound crazy and it might sound scary. And there was a time in my life where I, w- I was refusing to acknowledge for so I don't even know why, but I was refusing to acknowledge that there might be spiritual something spiritual behind it. Oh, I think it's because it was no, you're a Christian, you're saved. Um, there's no reason for you to be susceptible to this. I think that was the thinking, and I yeah. was kind of surrounded by that type of thinking too. And that was the scariest, most troublesome time in my life when I refused to acknowledge because what happened was I got inside my own head and I thought I'm actually going crazy because certainly nothing can come against me, right? Right. You know, there can't be something spiritual about this. That's overthinking things. And that's a little too, (laughs) there's your sound effect. You're welcome, everybody. That's a ghost. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I love what Peter Pignon said the other day about uh, the mind wants to lie to us. And that, man, that jumped out because that is so true. And even when we hear somebody, you know, say something that you know is not true, but you let your mind go in that direction. And before you know it, it becomes a belief. And then all of a sudden you're walking in it. And so just always being aware of, of the tricks of the enemy mm-hmm. and guarding against that. Yeah, it's, and it can be really difficult in our culture because there's so much of it. It's so subtle. Like you, you even said haunted house. Listen, some people are out there thinking, seriously, we can't go to a haunted house. Well, I grew up like, yeah, no, you can't go to a haunted <laughs> house. Be- and, and we think that it's just little kid stuff or you, you, you're, you must not be mature or strong enough. Or, um, and, and symbolism creeps its way in and, and gifts and, sh- like, and items. And we, we don't realize that there are, there are actually people out there who practice certain witchcrafts, divination. Yeah. That's real. And just because we want to say it's not doesn't, doesn't mean that it's not whether it's through art, whatever artistic form that is, actual art structures. Um, actually, I just saw an article recently where it was a structure of an ancient god that a church in New York displayed on its, not actually its altar, but like in front of the altar, brought in a false, an idol wow. to display. It was like a light display. But just thinking, oh, it's art. Yeah. It's not art. Yeah. No. It's not. But And so this is where it's probably... This could probably be its own podcast, right? <laughs> Talking you. about this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think let's just get the interest peaked a little bit, you know, out there because it's just a very real thing. It and, is um, real. So let's see. What should we talk about next? <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? Oh, man. You want to decide just or you want me? Anything. I mean, I love talking about God. So whatever has to do with that, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Let's talk about, um, I like what you were talking about young adults and how they can be influenced as well. And a lot of times I think when we grow up and grow into maturity, we think we're a little bit safer. And well, it was, it, it maybe something had this restriction when I was a kid, but now that I'm an adult and we, we forget the fact that now that I have the mind of Christ right. and now that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, I think sometimes we forget that and we think, well, now that I'm adult, I can, I can venture into this act and I can watch this type of media and I can listen to this type of music. Have you, have you seen anyone kind of venture into that and then seen the results of that, that you can think of off the top of your head? Yes. <laughs> unfortunately, well, I was, a, you, not unfortunately that I was a youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, when I was a youth pastor, I seen a lot of that. And I remember being at a camp, you know, there was two different uh, young adults there. 
and both of them had grown up in pastor's house. But there was just so much pressure on them that they thought that very same thing. Well, they were away. They were going to listen to this kind of music. Then they thought, well, you know what? I'm going to run with these kind of people because they seem to have fun and care about me. And then the next thing they know, they were doing drugs and got off on the wrong path. And I remember talking to one of them and he said, you know, all it took was that one thought that led me. And it just kept, when I went in that direction, another door opened and another door opened. And he said, when I got there and I realized one night I was on the ground, nobody was around, none of my friends were around, and I had passed out and there was nobody there to help me. He said, I realized how far I'd gone. Hmm. And I think it happens that quick. We never think, here's a young man that grew up in a pastor's home, you know, had a good life, but got rebellious Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, and then decided to open one of those doors and that's where he let him. The good thing is, I believe seeds were planted and he got back on track and and that at that camp, we were actually, he was ministering to some other kids uh, that were kind of walking through some of the same things. But I just never will forget, he said he opened one door and then another door opened. Mm -hmm. And I think that we don't realize how quickly we can be pulled away from the things of God. Yes, that's good. Just that, well, giving the devil a foothold. Yeah. It's opening that door and giving him a foothold to pry himself the rest of the way in. Right. So when I, when Brian and I were having kids, we made an agreement that I was going to stay home with the kids, that I wasn't going to work. For me, it was, I had worked in with children in a, in a day school type of environment. And I thought, nope, (laughs) oh God, please let that not be my kids. And of course I knew like if I had, I wouldn't, but I very much had this attitude, like I'm not going to do that. But my, my, and there, there is a mindset out there, not a whole lot anymore in 2019 in the United States, but that women should be home with their children all the time. It shouldn't be working. Even though there are tons of women in the workplace, there is still, even for me, when I go to work, this guilt, that I'm at work. Now my kids are in school. What am I going to do? Right. Uh, well, some would say, well, obviously you should be homeschooling them. Well, I did that. And God told me right. to put my kids in school. <laughs> like he actually did. Right. And there was a majorly good things that happened from that. But when I met you, I knew that you had been working when you were raising your, your right. girls. And I thought, my word, if Connie Kale can work like, <laughs> and I'm seeing your girls and they're amazing. Aww. I just really like them. I don't know Stormy as much as I know Dusty, but just from what I can tell, they're just so great. And I thought, well, what was I thinking? And why do I have that mindset? But I, I think some of yours was probably, was you did anyway? Um, well, some of it could have been out of necessity because, um, you know, the girl's dad was killed in a car wreck when they were little. And so I was on my own for quite some time being a widow, mm-hmm. single mom. And so at that time, I was very blessed that we had our own business. And so the whole community surrounded me kind of took care of us. But there came a time when God told me, you need to sell your business. You're going to sell your house and you're going to move. <laughs> and everybody wow. thought I'd lost my mind. And you're still sing- single, single mom. Single. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, And we did that. We went from a a town where I think they had probably a thousand in their graduating class to a small town. We bought a ranch. (laughs) They had cattle. The girls, I think, had 23 in their graduating class. So very big change. Mm -hmm. But what was crazy about that time is that's where I met my husband now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we got married. 
And there was a season God moved me into traveling across the United States teaching character education in schools. And my girls had never, I'd never been away from them. So this was all new. But it just shows that when you're right where the Lord wants you to be, he takes care of things. Because I looked back and I thought, I never missed a big event. I never, they never were sick when I was on the road. Wow. You know, every time something like that happened, it was during my time off. And so, again, I just think it's so important that when God calls us to do something, he's going to provide for us. Now, if we're doing it on our own will, you might not have that kind of covering Mm -hmm. and, and provision. But he was so faithful. And I look back and think, God, that was a tough year for me. Well, I did it for several years, but the first year was very tough. But also, I grew so much. And it was really during that time when I seen the Joyce Myers thing. Okay. Yeah, oh, in the I hotel, because you were yeah. traveling. Yes. And so I look back and wow. think so wow. many. Yes. If you hadn't been there. Right. So again, if God's called you to ministry or whatever it is, he will provide when mm-hmm. we're being obedient. I believe that 100%. So I think you just have to be sensitive because there was a time when we moved up here and I didn't work for probably six to eight months. And that was hard because I was so used to, I just was a associate pastor at another church and we move here and God says, I just want you to stay home with your grandson, Truett. Mm-hmm. And he was three at the time. And I remember one day we were out on the porch and he was playing and I was like, Lord, this is so weird, why? And I never will forget, he said, this year is his most important year that he will ever have. And I thought, you know, I was in early childhood. I know all this stuff. That's (laughs) when their brains are developing and they're soaking in so much. And because he said that, that day I just said, okay, I'm going to give this kid everything I've got when he's here with me. And it was like he extended that year that he was three years old. Mm -hmm. It's like I can look back and think, man, That was some of the best times I had with that grandson, you know. So, again, he knows the season. He knows the timing. We just have to be obedient to it. You set a high bar, (laughs) I'm like, you're an amazing mom. And now I'm thinking, oh, man, you're an amazing grandmother. (laughs) Oh, wow. But it's all because you walk in obedience. That's what I've always loved. You just walk in obedience. Just walk in obedience. And I think a a take-home lesson for those of us listening to this is we don't need to be critical of what another person is doing in their call. No. We don't know the way God has spoken to them. Right. And so, cause honestly for me, when I, when I was home, I, it, it's easy to think, you know, well, I, I get to be home with my kids 24 seven or when I'm working, it's like, well, I'm working hard. That's yeah. why I'm tired. You know, and it's just so easy to right. look at other people and then to actually take that criticism. Right. I remember a woman telling me prior to me putting my kids in school that the Holy Spirit is not in public schools. He's not. Oh. Well, the first year I put my kids in school, they saw a miraculous healing yeah. on the playground. Yeah. One girl, uh, one of my daughters gave a girl a Bible and never even had held a Bible or seen one ever. I mean, really cool things yes. are happening. Yeah. So I think me and having received passively the, the brunt of other people's criticism and then even being critical myself. Right. We need to look at people. And trust that God is doing what God does. And as far as the role of of a mother with her children, he may call some to stay home. He may call some to go to work. He may call the grandmother to to stay home for a little bit and and to help with a grandchild. You know, so it's just such good lessons. It is. And I remember when we met and you were doing homeschool, 
I know you didn't see it, but you were ministering to so many moms. And I remember being drawn to you for your leadership and seeing you as a spiritual mom when you didn't even wow. see yourself no, that way. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, oh, you're doing so many great things. Wow. But, you know, that was your season of homeschooling mm -hmm. and leading some other moms in that area. And so I love that I was able to walk through some of the things that your kids get, you know, got to witness some of the things they went through when they went into public school. And it was wow. pretty amazing. I remember some of those things. Yes. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Like pers on a personal note, there are times where I reflect back and think, did he call me to put them in school because I had been disobedient all along? And I didn't think that I was. So, but I feel like that's a confirmation. No, God was using yeah. you in this. So thank you. Yeah. So, and anyone listening, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. That's what Connie just did. <laughs> That's in Hebrews, by the way. Uh, encourage one another's daily as yeah. long as it's called today. I love that verse because it's always called today. Right. <laughs> like, whatever day you're in, you got to encourage because the times are tough and, you right. know, we don't know what's coming. So thank you, Connie. Yeah. You're a great model for what a friend is. And, and I see you too as a mentor is so... I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think sometimes the we talked about college students earlier. I don't think they see themselves as mentors. And but that's what I love about here at our church is, you know, we have those young people serving in the kids ministry and those mm -hmm. kids are looking up to them, you know. So oh, yeah. I think it starts even then, like being that role model, being that having that servant's heart so that the Lord can use them and and speak to these kids i love hearing stories you know where kids will ask questions and it really challenges the volunteer because they're like wait a minute this kid's already asking questions yeah. like this but you know that's why i think it's it's important to spend time with the lord so that you can be ready when those kind of questions come mm -hmm. and that you don't have to be a certain age that can start yes. anytime. Yes, that's true. And newsflash to the young adults. If you think that people over 30 are old, our children who are little actually think you're old. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might think you're really young, but they think you're old. That's right. <laughs> because given as young as they are. Yeah, no, but joking aside, there there is no age when it comes to being able to do that. Pastor Scott was talking at a leadership lunch recent, uh, just last week about fathering and mothering isn't about your age it, it is about the, that, that mentoring and that loving and that discipling yeah. that, that the Lord does. Yeah. So, yeah. And those kids look up to the young adults. Yes. I mean, they, they strive, oh, yes. you know, to be like them, to dress like them, just all of that. So it's important that you start that at a young age, because I remember when I sold my business, these uh, family bought it and it was two young girls that had started working for me when they were in high school. And I said, okay, so this is my last week. Is there anything that I can, you know, share with y'all or talk to you about? And they said, one of them said, no, ma'am. She said, really, everything I learned, I learned by watching you. Oh, wow. And I never forgot that because I thought there is people always watching us. And especially as Christians, you know, they're going to decide whether they want to follow Jesus or not sometimes by the way we handle mm. things. Yes, yes. You know, my children, they talk about the, the young adults who work with them in their, you know, in their classes. And I know that with their, the young adults, their schedule with college and then their internships and things like that. I know they feel stretched for time a lot. And I'm, I'm sure that there are times where when they really have a heart for the, the children or the, or the teens, 
that they're ministering to. They probably wish they had more time. I wish I could have gone to more lunches, you know, yeah. at their school, or I, w- I wish I could have talked to them a little bit longer in small group. You know, maybe, maybe if I'd been able to be at two services instead of one, but it is, it's, they're watching. Right. They really are. Yeah. They're really watching. That that's good and bad. <laughs> yeah. So so just know that they're watching <laughs> yeah. and uh set the good example they are. And things come through and they're very perceptive. Children are very perceptive. They can get a sense yes. of what people are. Yeah. Can I ask you about what it what it was like? We talked about a little bit about the travel. When the girls were little and you were single, is it okay if I ask a little uh-huh. bit about that? Yeah. So after your, your husband died and then you've got the, the two little girls, you said your community surrounded you and helped you. Did you, I, I think you really had your come to God, come to Jesus moment, like actually, you know, later right. when you're traveling. But what about in those moments or what was it like? So I had given my life to Jesus, I, you know, when before that all happened. Okay. I think my girls were probably one and two when oh, I my goodness. finally gave my life oh, to okay. Jesus. When, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when oh. their dad died, they were seven and eight. And oh, we yeah. were going to a Methodist church there in town. And I look back now and realize I didn't know anything about spiritual gifts. But, you know, God was with me all the time. And I think my first big experience was I remember laying in the bed one night and I was so tired. It just, you know, you got two kids, you're trying to keep them going, keep a business going. And I thought, Lord, if you are real, I just need you to comfort me and and let me know everything's going to be okay. And I never will forget, I felt like a warm blanket just covered me. And I slept so hard that night, like it was the best rest I had ever had. And I remember waking up and thinking, you're real. You're right here with me and for me. And from then, that's kind of, I, that may be the very first time I realized, wow, you know, he is, he's real. And so, yeah, but he was just very good to me through those times. I think there was times I would go out to the cemetery and scream, you know, mm-hmm. just to let off steam. Yeah. Uh, there was times when I'd cry. There was times when, you know, it was good days, bad days, but I never felt alone. I knew that he was always with me. He was going to provide for me. And I don't even know how to explain that, but I just knew. And it may be because of that experience, but he was very faithful and our community just, you know, it's a great community. So people came around me and I realized how important our friends are mm. to have in those times, you know, because if I couldn't imagine not having people around me or not having Jesus in my life right. and trying to go through that by myself. I've known a few very young women who have lost their husbands, actually two of them while they were pregnant with another child. Right. And so, I mean, young, you yeah. know, young and, and just family starting. Um, and then, and then others who, and it's not always the, the, the wife losing the husband, a husband losing a wife. Right. What are some ways I, and that listeners that we can minister to, to those people or even to those who are had to get out of it. It might not be through death, but they had to get out of a marriage that was abusive or something like that. What are some ways, I know you mentioned community, but what, what are the good ways that we can do that? I think one thing that stood out to me, a pastor came to our house because it was, it was probably midnight or so when the police came to let me know that my husband had been killed. And so the next morning the pastor came to the house and uh, the very first thing he said don't ask why, because you'll never get an answer. Mm. And that 
gave me peace, believe it or not, because I realized that you're never going to have the answer that you're looking for. And so I think for me, ministering to other moms, because it seemed like God just kept, you know, opening that door for me to have a, to be able to go and speak to women that were going through that. That was the one thing I would always share with them because I said, you know, we're never going to know until we get to heaven, Mm -hmm. you know, but the one thing is you can keep moving forward if you don't have to keep looking back. And mm. so just surrounding them and encouraging them, I think sometimes people just need you to listen. You don't have to, I know my girls when they were teenagers, sometimes this is not a time when you need to tell me what to do. I just need you to listen. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like that. Yeah. I can relate. And yeah. so I think sometimes that's what people need. They just need to tell their story they need to get it out they need to cry whatever and we just need to be a good listener to them because everybody has the word you can give scripture but I think also there was a couple of people that probably gave me very prophetic words that I didn't even know at the time that helped me mm-hmm. and really stuck with me and how about your girls they were young but did, did they just need someone to listen to how would you minister to a child yeah well one thing I've realized is they're very different And so Dusty was very close to me. She wanted to be right by my side throughout everything. Stormy wanted to be at my mom and dad's house. She didn't want to be a part of it. But what happened is Dusty walked through the healing a lot quicker because Mm -hmm. she walked through the process. Stormy didn't want to be there. And so later on, I noticed anger and different things that started coming out of her. But I realized she didn't walk through the process. And so it was later on that she had to, you know, work her way through the process and and go through the healing. So I think just being sensitive to know the timing of all of that, Mm -hmm. because you might want to see somebody walk through and get healed quickly, but it may not be the timing for it. And so both of them walk through it differently. And so that's what I advise a lot of parents is, you know, be sensitive. And when they're ready to come to you, then that's the time to talk. When they're not ready, you can't force it on them yet. You mm-hmm. can just continue to love them through it. Were you ever cautious of the people who did minister to your girls during oh, yes. that time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm still that way. Yeah. I was like, you're smiling, but I'm afraid. Like, don't you touch my daughter. No, no, <laughs> no, no it's good. It That's is. Your, uh, mom, your mom instinct. Yeah. I yeah. think there's times when people have the right heart, mm. but they just say the wrong things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's okay because you can then that's a good time to pull your kids aside and say, you know, I know they meant right, but here's the truth. Here's what, because that is the one thing I've had as kind of a pet peeve is don't make up lies to make somebody feel better. Oh, Be truthful because sooner or later you're going to know the truth. So my girls, I've always been very honest and upfront with them and let them know, yes, this is going to be hard, but Mm -hmm. I know in the end it's going to be good. But I had a lot of people say, you know, well, just tell them that it'll be better later on. Or just like when we had a mom at a daycare and she said, here, give, here's a dollar. I'll be back in in a minute to pick it up from you. And she left for work, you know, so she lied to her kid. And then he went all day long, you know, waiting for her. And I'm like, no. So I'm very open about be truthful, be honest, Mm -hmm. because it's going to hurt one way or another. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know the standpoint from 
from raising children on my own, but just from parenting in general. I agree. You have to just be honest. Yeah. Because it just hurts more. And then they think you're a liar. Exactly. Or they think they actually think a minute means eight hours. Right. So next time you say a minute, they're throwing a fit. And you're like, no, literally a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they don't know. That's good counsel. And I like that you you mentioned that even though people are good intentioned and say things that eh, it's just not helpful, but that's why you're mom, because you can go and you can be right there. And yeah, you got some cleanup work to do, but what you've taught your child is how to discern right. good counsel from poor counsel. Yeah, it's, it's, I think we've probably all learned it the hard way sometimes, you yeah. know, like <laughs> trying to yeah. trust and, and do things our way, but God is faithful. And I think the more that we can teach them, the, the easier, I'm not gonna say easier life will be, but I know my girls look back now and they're like, I remember when you said that, and you don't even think they're listening, but they do listen. And it does matter because those are seeds that are being planted. Wow. Well, Connie, this has been a great conversation. I could talk to you for hours, but this <laughs> no. has been a great conversation. And I know our listeners have been blessed by your testimony and the things in your in the council that you've had to give. You're just like a gold mine of oh. just this treasure that, that I feel like I can pull things and just glean things from you every time that we talk. So thank you for sharing what it's like as as a as a woman leading and a woman who's encur in encouraging other women. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it very much. And oh, I didn't tell you this, but when you were talking about the season of you traveling, this is new. I have not told you this. When I first got to know you and I thought, she's fantastic. I want to know more about her. What does someone in the late, you know, two thousands or whatever do? They Google. Oh <laughs> so gosh. I Googled your name and I actually knew that's how I learned that you had been traveling and I thought and she travels and teaches on character. So totally oh, internet funny. stalked my own friend without. Oh, but yeah. now, you know, how many years has been? Six, seven years. Oh, gosh. You know what's funny is I've never even done that. So that's kind of scary to think. You should do it. You should try be it. On there. I think you'll see what state you were in when. Yeah, oh, wow. No, that's funny. That's so, crazy. Yeah. I really admire you and thank, thank you, you for your time. Yeah. You guys, this has been the Learn By Doing podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope it was a blessing to you. Bye.